Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Um, I just right at the top of the program. Sure. I want to thank everyone. I have gotten so many emails, so many tweets. Uh, so many Facebook messages, Facebook wall posts, mm-hmm. um, really sweet, yeah. thoughtful stuff. Just people enjoying your blacklist recaps. <laughs> You've been doing a great job on those, by the way. Um, I was building towards a punchline of my own. Oh, okay. But oh, I sorry. appreciated sorry. your punchline. Sorry. 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 Do you want to just reset? Yeah, let's reset just go ahead. The top. Let's just go to the and we'll And then the audience can say which one they thought was funnier. Okay, okay. Great. Um, first of all, right at the top of the mm-hmm. program, which is where we are right now. Sure. Nothing has happened. I want to go ahead. No one made a hilarious joke. And, and thank all of the people, all of the listeners out there who sent me really sweet, thoughtful emails, letters, notes, notes on the forum, sure. uh, Facebook messages, Twitter messages uh, about my comments last week about how much I hate crows. <laughs> Um, it turns out a lot of other people out there also really hate crows. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think crow no haters... one defended crows. Hmm. I think no. I think I think it's one of those things where people were feeling. I think it's the association know. with the Jim Crow law. Hold sure. on. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, Who hi. is? See what I mean? Sorry. Who I is this? Boy, I don't know what I did. This is a real ramshackle show. We're uh, we're starting here. Oh Jesus, guys! If I have opportunity to make a Jim Crow law joke. <laughs> I'm going to fucking should. take the shot. You should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are. If we learned anything from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> you are the Dick Gregory of our generation. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I guess we don't have to say his name since we already said the Dick Gregory of his generation. Yeah, but I'll say it just in case anybody out there is from a previous generation. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> uh, you know him uh, from the smash hit podcast, The Nerdist. Uh, you know him from uh, writing for television and appearing on television. Uh, his name is Mr. Matt Myra. Thank you guys for having me. Right. I'm sorry I spoke early. It's fine. But again, I mean, yeah. It, how you know, many times a week? Sure. The answer's three. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize to Jordan. I mean, he probably had another punchline that he wanted to throw in right before my punchline. Jordan, I'm sure. so sorry. Thank uh, you. Let's just talk about. Stop credit. stepping on my intrusions. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is that is my claim to fame. <laughs> Intruding on podcasts. Good. I have a feeling uh, <laughs> since two thousand eight. Throughout, throughout the course of this show, we will not finish one story. <laughs> that's my that's my prediction. I do. I in all sincerity, I thank you to everybody who sent me a nice note about the baby. My my mm-hmm. wife. For those of you who don't know, a week ago, my wife had uh, our second child. His name is Oscar. He was uh, seven pounds two ounces, which is a question that everyone asks you without exception. Yeah, I feel like that I, – I always uh, am curious as to why. They want to know how stretched yeah. out your wife's lady parts are. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there's also nothing else about a baby other than how much it weighs. Yeah, I think that's essentially like <laughs> – That's the thing about a baby. How's its crying timber? <laughs> you can't, you can't ask, is it developmentally – does it appear to be developmentally sure. disabled at this point? Because you might not even know yet. Yeah. yeah. So all that's left is poundage. Sure. Yeah, length, I mean, length of baby. Because I guess you could say, oh, congratulations on the baby, and but it seems insensitive to move on. You know, I think 
if you, if your mom was here, your mom is a lactation counselor. Sure, she probably uh, she probably would have a lot of great questions. Is he is he taking to the breast? Shit, how's the latch? Sure, that's what she would probably ask. The tight seal. How's his latch? <laughs> what what brand of pump is your wife using? If she's using a pump, yeah. If if she's pumping, yeah. My wife's not pumping. So the baby it's is free flowing on its own. Oh yeah, it's he's, great. It's coming right out, that is right great. into he's the a, baby's mouth. He's a natural rooter, then. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to make a million in the truffle business. Right, you're going to send them out into the woods. <laughs> who, yeah, who needs one of those uh, trained pigs? It's about time. As yeah. Mark Marin is to coffee, you guys will be to truffle. <laughs> it re- anyway, it, it, uh, thank you, thank you, everybody. It was really, um, it was really nice of you to say everything that you did. A lot of people just figured it out from the context that we ran our live show last week. Yeah. Um, so thanks, everybody. It was very, very nice of you. Here's a question. You had a live show on standby for the baby? That's great. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's <laughs> fantastic thinking. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit old. Um, so, you know, it's basically a lot of, like, speculation. Like, Referencing of can, Jim Crow law. Jim, yeah. In the time well, of Jim Crow. Well, can, can Vin Diesel do it a third time with Riddick? Yeah. Was a big... Answers, yes. How long did that take? Five yeah. minutes, right? I mean, the, the the degree to which he'd knock it out of the park, I think, was what we were t- discussing. We're talking four fifty or just a little looper over the wall. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a question that's not about the baby's weight, uh, yeah. Matt. For for your uh, for your benefit, we we were two sixty seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you were born, <laughs> yes. Okay. How was your mom's vagina after that? Oh, not great. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see a lot of love in their eyes sure. when they looked little, at each other. Anymore. A little beat up. <laughs> yeah, you could use it as a fumigation tent afterwards. <laughs> Gross. Wow. Um, it, Hi, we were talking the on the show. The miracle of life, Jordan. <laughs> the miracle of life. <laughs> <laughs> you just saved us, man. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, we were discussing on the show. Uh, Jesse's and Teresa's doula was encouraging them to consume the placenta in some way. Mm, I think yeah. that's what maybe I think what our audience wants to know is did did Teresa or did you and Teresa both eat the placenta? Well, I'll tell you what the baby was due on the fourth of November mm-hmm. and was born on. Something like the 27th of October. I don't remember. Um, a Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's just say a Friday, early Friday morning. Sure. And You were mad because he interrupted Grimm. Yeah, exactly. Which I watch every Friday morning at sure. 3.30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you DVR it. Yeah, sure. I um, our, our doula was actually out of town. Mm-hmm. We had no doula. Oh, my gosh. We had to doula? have an emergency. It's, that seems a little wow. irresponsible for the doula to go out of town Not, that Jordan. close Jordan. To, to crunch time. There was a backup doula. Oh, okay. She was also unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> she had just had like a marathon 40-hour birth mm-hmm. the, that day. Wow. So we-, we Sure. We third gave, stringer. We had a baby with a third string doula. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. We had a Steve Bono situation. <laughs> If I might draw a parallel to the San Francisco 49ers, circa sure. Joe Montana. And, uh, yeah, it was intense. It was really, you know, as you know, mm-hmm. I loved Cindy the doula. Sure. I got no beef with Cindy the doula. Well, besides well, I... her insistence on giving us quinoa-based foods Ugh. after the birth. <laughs> Going into a birth, though, you have to look at the doula depth chart. Right. And if you're happy with your second stringer, you better be happy with your third stringer. <laughs> right. Are you guys both in a fantasy doula league? <laughs> of course we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, your office is uh I think I may It's have, a rotisserie league. Okay. I think I may have done a fantasy doula segment on the on Sclarbro country at oh. some point. 
Anyway, yeah, I, tr- I unfortunately had just traded my second string doula for a kicker. <laughs> Someone who kicks the baby. Yeah. Oh, to teach it about karate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so third, third more string taekwondo. doula. Oh, right, Karate's sure. heavier punching. Sure, sure. Third string doula. I'll tell you, like, um, the, my, wife, my wife's water broke. Uh-huh. Which the, in with Simon the water broke when during delivery mm-hmm. at some point, um, you know we were already in the hospital when the water broke and the water breaking that's like the main pregnancy thing that they show in a movie. Of course, is someone going ah my water broke, but what like what's, during a stressful situation like we've all not... we've all seen nine months with Hugh Grant and Robert Williams right. We know what that's like. During a stressful situation, I think you're just describing peeing yourself. Oh yeah, that's what I'm. <laughs> Right, that's what that is, right? No, it's a different. It's a different thing. I was on that long car ride once, and my water broke. I mean, oh no! I, if you're real hydrated, you can. It can look like water. Technically, sure. <laughs> technically, Jordan, clear. you want both, it to be clear. Both, the, both are stressful situations. I mean, childbirth is no walk in the park. No, I'm talking about a nice, relaxing part. Right. Well, I, I had a stressful situation watching Nine Months. I mean, when Hugh Grant, a middle-aged guy, tries to get on rollerblades. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> San Francisco has never seen anything sillier. I, uh, yeah. You got all those her, hills. Her water broke at 3.30 in the morning, and it was, uh, we didn't go to the hospital till 10 o'clock at night. Hmm. And, uh, and the doula came over, and the doula, the, you know, the third string doula, whose name I want to say was Elizabeth. That's how close I am to this woman. I don't remember. I like the idea that the third string doula is just like a male teamster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, guys. Uh, what do we got going on here? Is this oh, a so, so glad I could pick up this shift. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, if uh, we go any longer, I'm going to get a meal penalty. You know, I haven't been working in a while, so this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this doula's in Stevedore's local 204. <laughs> He's like, okay, I don't know if this will help. I'm going to erect a scaffolding. <laughs> don't know what that'll do. But the, the doula did have, because it, basically my wife was having f- relatively frequent contractions. Mm-hmm. But they weren't settling into a pattern, which is what happens before the baby's born. Mm-hmm. So what they say that she, is... You can just confuse them for kegels. Yeah, exactly. She has some amazing kegels. Yeah. <laughs> She's been doing kegels. Sure. Like, you firm that up. You got to firm it up. Yeah. Well. So the doula had her on our sofa with her knees down on, like, essentially all fours with her knees and feet down on the seat of the sofa and her arms... And elbows on the floor, okay, facing forward, doing like butt shaking <laughs> to try and shake the baby into place. Into oh, okay, and it's and there was this one point, and then this wasn't working. So I don't know why I was so quick to be like, this makes a perfect sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, this checks out. <laughs> this is how a baby's born. For, what, for all I know, well, apparently, what happens is the baby gets caught up on the spine. So you want to make sure that you're face forward so that the baby's falling away from the spine. Okay. So then she's doing this thing with a rebozo. Do you guys know what a rebozo is? <laughs> sure do. Okay. You you know what a rebozo is. Tell me what a rebozo is. It's the uh it's the it's the isn't it the half ball? No, no, a half ball is a different thing. Oh. Then I don't know what a rebozo we is. We do have, we do have a birthing ball. Okay. okay. A, a rebozo is a Central American childbirth cloth. Well, um, that was my second guess. <laughs> it's it just imagine a long dishcloth. Um and she sort of she put it under, draped it, Teresa's on all fours. She puts it under Teresa's 
a pregnant belly, lifts it up, sort of like an Operation Dumbo Drop type situation. Of course. And then say no more. And Ray Liotta's there. Then gives it the old. Then gives it the old. Just there for a paycheck, though. <laughs> clearly, clearly phoning it in. Shimmy Jimmy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sort of like yeah, one of those. Jimmy. One of those like 1940s weight loss machines. Of course, cellula- cellulite redistributor. I'm familiar with the uh, Carousel of Progress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that was fine. I didn't. I had to. I'm. You know, that's fine. That's and all a- this is all this is standard so far, right? Like you. Yes. All this seemed normal. Yes. Okay. A- absolutely. All all of this is perfectly normal, until the part where she's like, "There's one thing about doulas that I didn't know the first time is that they just go home after a while." And say I'm going to come back in a, in a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. because you know they got to go take they got to get their lunch break in and all that. Sure. So she just says their union, of course. Yeah. So she says I'm just going to go home. Give me a call when you guys are ready to go to the hospital. You'll know. <laughs> like, okay, okay, Elizabeth, that's cool. Whatever. And uh, she says, here, use this rebozo <laughs> on Teresa. Just put it down there. Give it to old Jimmy Jimmy. Yeah. And uh, then she says. Just be sure to bring it to the hospital with you because I I might need it at the. And then she says, "You know what? I'm going to hang on to it." She didn't trust me with it. She didn't trust me to bring it. She thought I was going to steal her rebozo. (laughs) She thought I was in this whole thing. She thought I knocked up my wife just for a free rebozo. Yeah, exactly. What's a rebozo go for these days on the black market? Plenty, Jordan. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can even get your hands on a rebozo, sure. I'm talking about a genuine, not a counterfeit. Most people right. think black market baby is the way to go. The rebozo is worth far more. Sure. Yeah. yeah people are getting the baby <laughs> yeah. to get the rebozo. Healthy Caucasian male? No, no, no. The rebozo. <laughs> yeah. Get that rebozo. Bose that bose. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, it was interesting. We went, you know, we had a hospital birth mm-hmm. and um, we played our own music. Mm-hmm. We didn't have music last time, but everybody said, you know, play your own music, play your own music. So I got one of those little speakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, and I... I'm more excited than I should be to find out what you played. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was really excited. What happened is, Teresa woke up at 3.30 in the morning, you know, and she said, she said you know, it's going to be a while. Go back to sleep. I'm going to need you later, basically. <laughs> wow. And so I slept until 6.30 or 7. And when I woke up, it was clear that it was not imminent. So she's... And because it was, you know, a week and a half, two weeks before the due date, I had not put together the playlist. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I was just like, hey, sweetie, um... Just use, go on, go use, on Spotify. Just yeah. pick the all sissy bounce uh, Spotify <laughs> playlist. You can hang out up here and uh, you know prepare your body to expel a human into the world. Mm-hmm. I'll be downstairs making a mixtape. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I went downstairs and I just tried to pick all of the happy non-rap music on my computer. Basically, all right. So you know. What was what would you say? We're talking was your... about Curtis Mayfield, The Impressions. We're talking about Stevie Wonder. Great. We're talking about Al Green. Nice, um, you know, stuff like that. I would think that. I guess. I mean, when I think about if I were having the baby, of course, if this was a junior situation, <laughs> I want to just propose a junior situation here. I guess I would be thrown off by something with lyrics. I guess I would want all instrumentals. I mean, mm. Teresa told me that. Afterwards, that she did not even really realize there was music playing. Yeah, it's not for her, her or you; it's for the baby. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, you could have gotten like the bluegrass uh, inspiration. You know those bluegrass covers of like Metallica. the Katy Perry bluegrass sure, cover yeah, yeah. Of album. I have to say there was two. There was two nice ways that it worked out. One was um, 
it, I, I had I was playing it off of my wife's old iPod Shuffle, and I had had to like reformat it. She like found it in a drawer. Yeah. Had to reformat it, then figure out how to put a Zune playlist on it, which Oof. turns out to be a little complicated. That is tough. But then I was like, well, as long as I got this, Teresa can just have this in her car, and I'll put some more albums on it and stuff like that. But it turns out that on an old iPod shuffle, which I didn't know, you can't shuffle a playlist. You can only shuffle the full contents of the whole thing. Hmm. So I had all these albums on there that you wouldn't want to listen to while you were so, given birth. The iPod of the namesake is the least capable at shuffling? Wait, it was a, <laughs> it was a Nano. Okay. Nano. Okay. The one with the little tiny screen. The Nano with the little tiny screen. Sure. I'm talking about three, four years old. Mm. So I put that on there, but then, I, so it had to run in order, but when the baby was born, it was trans, as the baby was born, it started off on, uh, it started off on Sunshine of My Life. Mm-hmm. And literally, as the baby finished, oh, finished yeah, yeah, finished being born, it was. Isn't she lovely? Hey, oh, which was pretty hey. good. I mean, that was that's that pretty solid sure. performance yeah, for my playlist. The other nice thing about it was these the doctors. You know, the doctors aren't really in there very much. Yeah. They just kind of come in, sort of stick a finger in your wife. Sure, and then they go off to play golf, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They kind of go, eh, yeah. You know, just go. You know, and it's, and I'm it's disappointed a, for the audience. They couldn't see your finger diddling motion. Yeah, no, great. no, it was all said with. <laughs> it's a team of two doctors. One of them standing behind the other. It was Doctor Kim was the one that was standing behind, uh, and then Doctor uh, I can't remember Cruz Kaplan. or something no, like that. <laughs> These guys are just they're just like 31 year old guys, like maybe a 31 and a 27. They're just kind of. Just kind of breezing in, like, you know? <laughs> like telling you, you know, you'd think I see more vagina at work, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very popular off here. Yeah. And, uh. Am I, am I crazy? I didn't love gravity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had some problem with the science. I was a minor in uh, physics. <laughs> they, they like, uh, a couple right, times. Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> the doctors and the nurses turned to me and said, hey, like in the middle of an examination, said, hey, cool music. Yeah. I'm like, let's focus on my wife's parts. <laughs> let's focus in on the life being brought into the world. Let's focus on this trumpet part. Yeah. <laughs> nice horn parts. I mean, you know, sure. you're going to move on up. Oh, uh, at one yeah. point, keep on pushing played. Oh. Yeah, that's fun. I was really happy about that. You're, you're a playlist genius. <laughs> I know. That was really good. That was really solid. But anyway, it was 24 hours, all told, 25-ish. Um but everyone was healthy. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. Nobody was – it was really great. Placenta <laughs> consumption? Oh. So here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I think I mentioned oh, – Also, uh, a quick question about placenta consumption. Yeah. That, it, it's just for the mother to eat. They don't encourage you to also eat placenta, right? I think they f- they feed it to a mother cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, um, I, I think it's for the – here's one of the – here's the thing. Okay. It's sort of hoodoo. Mm-hmm. So I think you get different opinions on it. Sure. Um, because some some people want to plant it with into a tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I I I I can I understand the symbolism of that. That to me seems the most yeah. sensible. Uh, put a nice quirky placenta. Use. Nice Douglas fir. You guys sure. got a Christmas tree in twelve sure. years. That's this time this time of year, I think a lot of people want to use it for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> you carve it. You <laughs> carve it like a jack o' lantern. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so what happened is. Third string doula, mm-hmm. while Teresa's laboring, mm. you know, sort of in between 
in between contractions, but still, mm-hmm. she brings this up. She says, so what do you guys want to do about this placenta? And then Teresa's like, oh, hold on. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, right. The placenta. And... Uh, she says, well, you know, I Cindy was going to encapsulate it, and and we're like, yeah, you know, Cindy offered to encapsulate it for us for free, and she's and the third string doula says, oh, you know, I would charge you for it, and uh, apparently it cost $200, mm-hmm. which actually seemed, frankly, seemed like a pretty reasonable rate to when me. When you... What when you say encapsulate a placenta? They f- they do you, put like, it. Do you put it like a freeze? Like those? I think old they freeze dry it. Those you remember those old like pen holders that were like aquariums? Oh, you <laughs> I mean just, I don't really know you what mean that in is. Like in like acrylic resin? Yes. <laughs> like that's what I'm assuming you're meaning. Right. That's how I would encapsulate anything. Like a like a paperweight with a stamp inside. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about into a into like a vitamin capsule. Ah. Uh, they I pre- freeze. I prefer mine. Right? Yeah. That is pretty good. It would make a nice paperweight. It'd be yeah. great. I mean, That's... imagine how many papers you could weigh down. <laughs> all <laughs> of them? Paperweight that all the paperweight Yeah, all yeah. the papers all in the your papers. house. Yeah. So as soon as Teresa found out it was $200, uh, which again, I mean, considering yeah. the freeze-drying, sure. the encapsulating, the whole operation, uh, she just she just went, No! <laughs> no, thank you! And continued to have the baby. Yeah, and just continued yeah. to have the baby. It was pretty. It was pretty great. I was really, uh, I was really impressed by it. I mean, it's a really impressive thing. You know, like by the end of it, I mean, I had these. What was weird about it is last time around, the doula was doing a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. So she's walking Teresa around, putting Teresa in different birthing positions, giving Teresa these special massages. You know that that adjust her pelvis. Um, I'm just talking about, you know, yeah, hand jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's giving her these special massages. All this. I hear shit. it's relaxing for a woman to give a hand job. Yeah, it's like that repetitive motion. Sure. Um, really gets that baby in the right position. I'll tell you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's like folding laundry. Yeah. You know, it gives you gives you something to focus on. The new doula, the new doula was a little, I think, a little resident res, reticent mm-hmm. to get up in our business. Yeah. So she was. So I was basically on duty for. The entire time. 16 hours straight, outside of the playlist time. Yeah. And I had these welts on my arm. I mean, Teresa was gripping my arm so hard that I thought I might have to tell her not to. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about I, – I was I was imagining that happening as you were saying it. And I – what – what a dick you would have to be to say, hey, that hurts. Yeah, hey, I ouch. know. Well, the, Whoa, ow. But that's where I was at. I yeah. was just right on the edge of like, this has gone from hurting to hurting bad to hurting <laughs> really bad. <laughs> and so I'm kind of, I'm, I was starting to worry about whether she might be hurting me, mm-hmm. like in sure. some like more permanent some way. term. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, luckily she... I think it's she mentioned that she realized what she was doing to me mm-hmm. and then she started doing it to the to the side rail of the bed rather mm-hmm. than my arm. Yeah. Um but you know, I mean there's a lot of like look in my eyes like let's get come back here, sure. come back here, you know, like let's yeah. It is fucking the I mean by far the most intense thing. I mean not even close. But what's crazy about it is after the baby comes out, which is this unimaginable miracle in which 
Teresa is screaming, screaming, you know, the F word. I'm, look, I don't, I don't like to use that kind of language <laughs> no, on this show. Please but don't, yeah. <laughs> the F word. I mean, just... You want this to air during prime time. Blood curdling. I mean, look, I get migraine headaches. I know about pain. Sure. I know about pain that leaves me, like, in a heap vomiting on the floor on myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is way more than that. I can tell. And um, what's crazy is the baby comes out and then they put the baby in Teresa's arms and it's like there was no baby. It's like there was no baby that just came out of her. Like it just it turns in a second, in a second. It is the most amazing thing you've ever seen that our bodies have. Now, why do, why they don't do that before? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. But so very similar to when she stopped grabbing your arm. Yeah, just yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your pain was gone. But it was. It's a really. I mean, it's an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing thing. And then, so we finished up at four four thirty at the hospital. I went home and slept like two and a half hours, three hours, and then we had a. I had a live bullseye KPCC that night at eight. Oh, Jesus. But thankfully, our friend and past guest, June Diane Raphael, was the first guest on the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, she just came on and was really funny, and I didn't have to do anything. Great. She's great. Yeah. She's the best, Mm -hmm. right? She just came on, did some stuff, and then uh, Bill Hader was on the show. Sure. And uh, Bill just came on, and I asked him some dumb questions, and he just said some really funny stuff that he and John Mulaney thought of one time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? He just recounted some times that he and John Mulaney thought of some really funny shit. Do you think you maybe will ask June to be the doula next time? I think June would make a nice doula. Yeah, June, June got actually we were we were uh, we were backstage at KPCC, which is to say, back the green room, quote unquote, at KPCC is just the cubicles. Mm. Like just you just go into the office, um, and we were standing there and chatting about it. And she said to me, "She's married to comedian Paul Shear. For those mm. who who don't know, another past guest on this program, um, she said Paul told me that when babies are born." They're covered in fur. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Which was the most magical moment in my life. Yes, they are. Mm. (laughs) Yes, they totally are actually covered in fur when they're born. I don't know why she would have to ask that. Uh, But it was just the greatest. It was just the most lovely moment. I felt like I felt so close to being a doula, a real doula, (laughs) like I've always dreamed of being. Someday. Yeah, Do you think days? you're discriminated against as a male trying to get into doulaing? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole field of midwifery is very hostile sure. to the male. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard, Matt? Do you know about this thing called song poems? <laughs> no, but I want to. Okay, <laughs> so there. Look, let's take a quick break. Is when this... we come back, I'll tell you about <laughs> song poems and midwifery. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Sergio Diaz plays in a band called Os Mutantes. His life was changed the first time he heard Elvis Presley. The great thing in the world it is to discover. I mean, there's nothing better. I'm Jesse Thorne. My show, Bullseye, is about discovery. We help you find the best music, the best movies, the best books, and we talk to the people who make them. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. (laughs) 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Matt Myra, guy. <laughs> okay, Matt, this is what a song poem is. <laughs> I'm going to break this down for you real quick, since we've already covered the miracle of life. <laughs> Done. That's been solved. Done. So you're telling me we're going to describe two miracles in this program? Yes. All right, here we go. A song poem is basically- and Then we're the... all going to sing the Insane Cloud Posse song, Miracles. <laughs> in the back of a magazine, like a general interest magazine, like a people, Yep. Yep. there would be an advertisement that said, songwriters wanted. Slow down. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Oh, okay. That is fantastic. Should we explain it for the audience or just <laughs> I don't know shut if it they down need here? No. I don't need if they, they can Google it. Go ahead. Continue we'll for do, the audience. Yeah, sure. Uh, how about this? Lindsay, our producer, do you know about song poems? She she doesn't she doesn't know about song she poems. Oh, I'm gonna explain, she needs to know. I'm gonna explain to sure. Lindsay about what a song poem is. So basically there there would be a songwriter's wanted ad in the back of a general interest magazine. Please send in your lyrics. No matter what the people sent in, they would send back a letter that said, We're really interested, we want to cut a demo. And so we have talented uh, writers of melodies. We want to cut a demo so that we can shop it to uh, song publishing companies. So essentially what they would do is they would sort of overcharge for the demo cutting. And these bands, with, led by a songwriter, would get in the studio and write and record songs for crazy people's – I mean the people who think that this is how they're going to become a famous songwriter. Crazy people's lyrics – They'd record 25 songs a day. The bands are on speed, too. Yes. That's an important thing. Bands are on speed. That's why they can do this. <laughs> and, um, and, so, and then they would actually record them, make pressings of these albums, and send them to the people. So there are people who collect these records because they're so insane. And they're called song poems. There's this guy called Rod Keith who is like the legend of song poem songwriting. And what's amazing is that these are these songs that he wrote on speed – uh, in 10 minutes and then recorded in a analog in 90 <laughs> minutes or something like that total, uh, which are like inter- like the best of them are pretty good pop rock records or th- they did all different genres. Uh, and the- each person did every different <laughs> genre. Uh, and they have lyrics that are completely insane. And one of them, two of them actually, are about... Uh, the first male midwife, <laughs> which I did not mean to. I was <laughs> not leading into nah. this. So here's the thing. There's one about the first man in midwifery. And then 10 years later, the guy had them re-record it about the first man in midwifery. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone was bugging him about the he was uh, error and positive. That's why it hadn't taken off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Anyway, we all, have a, we all have an artist inside of us. Sure. Just that, that's the lesson of that whole situation. Do you, uh, you can find these song poems on the internet, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think this is the, I the, encourage the, the listener. The modern version of this is like a Rebecca Black, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a probably or less. Or Chinese food. Sure. Did you see the new one? No, I haven't. There's a new one called oh. Chinese food. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot like Re- Rebecca Black with more racial discomfort. Oh, good. That was my problem with Rebecca with Black. All the racial discomfort that wasn't in the first one. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Because that was my problem with the original one. Let's like, just okay, say. This is cute. This is funny. There's a giant uh, man in a panda suit. Great. And uh, they, they, they dance around and then they uh, play Monopoly. And wow. at one point the panda guy takes off his uh, hat, makes uh, squinty eyes, and then aggressively 
purchases Oriental Place on the Monopoly board. Wow. Yeah. And does he karate chop the board afterwards? Uh, there was no karate in that. What They uh, missed out. Did you – This was this by the – do the guys who – that weird rap rock band who recorded Asian Girls? Yusuf? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Matt Myra's not. ready for that. Yeah. Right. Yusuf? Yeah. yeah. Yusuf? Yeah. I think you're talking about Yusuf. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of the Velvet Underground? <laughs> sure. Or Yusuf? Well, we all did this week. Yeah. <laughs> It's not uh, not 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 been a good couple months for racial tolerance as it relates to the Asian community on the internet. Yeah, no, I feel like they uh, they 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 every time you think they're we're we're doing okay with them, sure. Suddenly it rears its ugly head. Hmm. But uh, I recommend everybody watch that Chinese food video. Okay, just get it stuck in your head. It just it literally goes Chinese food. So now you all have that earbug. Enjoy it. <laughs> You're a really gifted singer. Oh, man. thank you. Yeah. I've been waiting for someone to say that. Have Would you, you like to record some of my poems I've written? <laughs> have you ever thought about just becoming a singer? No. I know you have a successful uh, career as a you know, television writer, yeah, sure. uh, podcast host. I should uh, throw it all away. Yeah. You're right. I should become a singer. I, I can't actually sing very well, and I don't. I don't, don't just throw it all away. And I play, I'd say fuck it. Uh, I play guitar, too, which is the part that mm. uh, annoys me that I can't sing. Matt, I couldn't help but notice when you were singing previously, <laughs> you didn't have your f- hand on your ear? Uh, that's probably why I'm not a professional singer. You should put, if you did that, I mean, as good as you were without your hand on yes. your ear, I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. Okay. Hang on. And okay, while you're doing this, yep. I want Lindsay to yep. slide up one of the faders and yep. then give us a thumbs up. Okay, she's doing it. Chinese food. Oh man, that was better. You sound because really I good. was only yeah. hearing half of it. You sound. You really... went from great to amazing. <laughs> it sounds rich. You have a rich vocal quality. Thank you. I uh, from both of you, I would appreciate that. So go ahead, Jordan. You sound like you're... oh, you have a rich vocal quality. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, you had a rich vocal quality. I, I, I spaced for a second. You sound like the kind of guy who who gives out whole candy bars. <laughs> oh, I would. Halloween. Good lord, would I? Full-size candy bars. If I participated in that sort of thing, I would do that. You don't? No, I Christian scientist? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Seventh-day Adventist is actually... There's only a few of us do. that are saved, and I'm sorry, you guys. How do you think Scientology feels about Halloween? Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vehicle for films. <laughs> I At uh, my son's preschool, mm-hmm. uh, they do not celebrate Halloween. Really? Orange Day. Ooh. Excuse me? Yeah. That's, to me... That sounds so just like a fall festival. What I is... feel like there was always like the 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 church on you know who thought Halloween was evil would have harvest festival and then try and convince you that that was as fun as Halloween. Right. Like yeah. fucking who needs can't come in here learn about gourds <laughs> sit on some hay. Lord, come on, learn about gourds, kids. Yeah, gourds are where it's what, at. What happens on Orange Day? You just watch Orange Kid. is the New Black. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just children in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> they all dress as their favorite character. Yeah, of course. The whole, just the whole day is just them watching Orange is the New Black, and the first half of the day is just all of the teachers being like, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Give it. No, you get it. really invested in the secondary characters. <laughs> um, what, what's the premise of Orange Day? Uh, the kids wore orange. Oh. Is that it? That's about, to be fair, I mean, I will credit them with this. That's about what the kids can wrap their heads around. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess... We're talking about two and three-year-olds. Did you sure. try, like, was black involved, too? Did you go orange and black There, for the motif, or was that <laughs> discouraged? I we I put it... Well, he was wearing orange and black because it's only orange is a San Francisco Giants t-shirt. 
Um, but they do have they had on Friday night they had a Dia de los Muertos festival, mm-hmm. um, which is multicultural. Sure. Um, and some of the signs for the Dia de los Muertos festival said Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Halloween. I think they just something. There's something is going on. I can't I can't parse it exactly <laughs> because they in school it was Orange Day. Yeah. <laughs> then on Friday evening, which is not was not Halloween. They had so in school on Halloween Orange Day. A couple days later in the evening Dia de los Muertos festival except for a couple of the signs for the Dia de los Muertos <laughs> festival said Halloween party. What What is this preschool? It's a very confusing preschool. I know. They're yeah, that's their that's their motto. What's, Learning through confusion. What's their like what's They'll just the teachers randomly throw down a smoke bomb every now and then <laughs> and the kids will have to find their way out of the room. What is the lunch like? What is the lunch situation usually there? Are they like let's let's this is where food comes from? Here's some vegetables. Wait, are you suggesting? Wait, this is where food comes from? I'm, I'm, are I'm you assuming they're just that every day at lunch they like slaughter a hog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually even presupposing that they don't even eat meat there. You I'm, think they it have sounds a farm? Like the kind of place where they go picking? No, this is a this is a very low key school. This is not a look. I visited this school. We talked about this a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago on the show. I visited under this school because I heard, I had heard, and now I believe perhaps incorrectly, <laughs> that they had a goat. And I was like, any school it that has... have a moat. Well, they do. <laughs> they had <laughs> a goat. To keep out the Huns. They had a goat, Jesse. And then they taught them where food comes right, from. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a fucking stoat. <laughs> Um, uh, what's a uh, what, what's a Matt Myra typically do on Halloween? You were saying how you kind of had to. What work kind of preschool through... do you go to? Matt? <laughs> yeah, I went to the Y preschool oh. back in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, Halloween this year, I was working. Yeah. We had a uh, we had a, a Halloween episode of Mid- at Midnight, uh, where Chris dressed as uh, uh, William Zabka, Zabka from uh, Karate Kid. You're you're, Johnny. A, you're a writer on the uh, new hit television program at Midnight yes. on Comedy Central, which I have watched and is very funny. It is a fast-paced, action-packed half hour of some scripted comedy. Un- <laughs> unceasing jokes. Yes. Just joke after joke after we joke We want to hit joke. you over the head. We want you to know what it's like to be in a writer's room with Blaine Capatch. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little bit like it's like watching an English comedy panel show with everything that's not a joke edited out. You're a hundred percent correct as far as that's I think that's the idea that they were going for anyway. English panel shows are great and I feel like there should be more of them over here. Yeah. And whenever they end up like you know, I feel Chelsea is not for me. I love a lot of people that work on there, but that's the the topics they're talking about. Sure. Generally, I'm not uh, uh, really into, but this show, the way it looks at the internet, you don't you don't feel like nips should be slipping, right? I don't yeah. need to know about that, yeah. nor do I care if it is slipping. You're just saying that because you have super slippery nips. <laughs> the slipperiest? How did you know? <laughs> You've got a rep. I like a I like yeah, a good dry fit shirt. Slip nip. <laughs> slip nip. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great show, and we get to like sort of like. What I like more than sort of like – we do have celebrity content on there. Like if someone does something on the internet that's sure. crazy, like Guy Fieri getting into that fight with his hairdresser. Wait, of course what? we had to cut that. You didn't – No, tell. You weren't aware of that story? That. Well, apparently at San Francisco Airport, mm-hmm. Guy Fieri got into a fist fight with his hairdresser, with his longtime hairdresser, Ugh. 
while he was in an SUV. So there is video of it on TMZ. But all you can really see is uh, some of him punching and kicking at the guy while the while the uh, the hairdresser gentleman is screaming at the top of his lungs at Guy Fieri. He's he was just insisting that you you. You, his tips should not be more frosted. And well, Guy Fieri's like, frost them till I say stop. Of course, I think they're constantly perfectly frosted tips. Yeah. But the, the 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 staggering thing about that is that he must he travels with that hairdresser. <laughs> he, the man travels with the hairdresser to the airport. Sure, and then they fist fight. That's real. Personal hairdressers are real. They are because my my aunt Claudia. We've talked about my aunt Claudia. Her brother. Was Wesley Snipes' personal hairdresser? Wow! Wesley Snipes barely gets a haircut, but it's a very tight haircut. With got to get a regular. Do they, they probably have similar needs? Wesley yeah. Snipes and Guy Fieri. <laughs> There's some blonding. I did uh, this morning. I was watching the uh, flipping the channels. Diners, drive-ins, and dives was on. Sure. I turned that on after the gym, and uh, it uh, his his. He's slowly this developing. Is, we should more. explain. This is a Food Network show that's hosted by Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. In uh, character as Blade. Yes, no. He in goes the, around. He tastes cr- comfort yeah. food. In he the hunts first vampires. season, in the second season, replaced him with Omar Epps. No one noticed. <laughs> uh, I love a good major league joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Diners, but he's slowly gaining more uh, jewelry. Hmm. Throughout the episodes, like he had a giant, giant gold watch on, uh, pinky ring, thumb ring, and then all of the bracelets that uh, that I really don't think anyone should be wearing sure. anymore. And you can't see it, but you know he's got a cock ring. Oh, he must. He's got it. He must. He's got it on at all times. Fear he's got a golden cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had a little bit of a Halloween adventure this year, guys. Really? Um, while you were working and yep. you were tending to your wife who had just had a baby, uh, I went to the Haunted Hayride. Oh, you guys heard of this Haunted Hayride? It's a Hayride? Los Angeles institution, Absolutely. the Haunted Hayride. I have never heard of the Haunted Hayride except for seeing billboards of it and wondering what the fuck could that possibly be. (laughs) Well, what it is is you drive up into Griffith Park and uh, it's kind of up by where that weird abandoned zoo is. Of course. Um, uh, And you – you get uh, you get into a hayride. It's a big thing of hay that's pulled by a tractor. Where did that start? And why is it called? Is the hay just there to cushion you? Is that yeah, why it was always the, called a hayride? You sit on the hay. I think it was like a, it was like a folksy thing that like you know a, a a bored southern child would look forward to. <laughs> Guys, Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation explained this to me the other day okay. on Bullseye. Uh, so they're baling the hay at that time of year, okay? Because uh, it's you know it's after the after the harvest they bale the hay uh, once the once the grass dries or mm-hmm. whatever. And so there's a flatbed truck being pulled by the um, uh, tractor mm-hmm. that's covered in hay. The flatbed truck's covered in hay. So all the kids pile up on top of the hay. Oh. So it's like a seasonal thing. Okay. And then you go around, you drive around, and you see what's going on, and you visit your neighbors and that kind of thing. <laughs> you see what's going you on. You give them some hay. Yeah. Oh, your neighbors are horses, too, <laughs> in that scenario. I, we should also explain that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I left that part out. I should have said the that. The horses sometimes right. You know what? Off. Should we stop down, and then you can just say that? It's an anthropomorphic <laughs> situation, so in this scenario, you're a huge rabbit man. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so what you do is you sit on this hayride, and it pulls you up into into the bowels of Griffith Park, and uh, there's all these little haunted scenes that it stops by. What is what is powering this? Are you being? Is it an actual tractor? An actual tractor. Using? An old man is driving a tractor. And Griffith Park is a huge urban park sure. in uh, Los Angeles, one of the biggest urban parks, maybe the biggest urban park in the country. Yeah. And it's like it's there are parts of it that like the Los Angeles Zoo is there, uh-huh. uh, the Greek Theater is there, but also. There are parts of it that are just fully, just no roads go to it. Yeah, There's sure. just full-on wilderness in Los Angeles. Anytime you want to uh, see it, just look for an outdoor scene on Frasier. Whenever they were walking <laughs> the dog, <laughs> whenever they're out at a company picnic, that's where it was shot. Um, so, yeah, so so you're driving kind of up in this in this area, and you stop by these haunted scenes. The theme this year was, like, real-life true crime Instances, so there was a. Oh my god, I love that. So there's a Ted Bundy thing, and a um, there's like a there's like a zombie John Lennon who walks by, and then he turns around and his eyes light up. I'm less into that now. I was just assuming it was just all of the great Los Angeles true crimes. Yeah, there's no Black Dahlia. Disappointing. Uh, this and this, I got me thinking about the phenomenon of the serial killer nerd, (laughs) and I was thinking like, oh, I bet I would get all of this as if I was a serial killer nerd, and then I'm like, wait, there's totally serial killer nerds. Oh, of course there are, and I'm actually surprised that you aren't. You aren't one of them. I find that I've dated most of them. (laughs) (laughs) I find that a lot of uh, comedians. That's a weird sort of obsession. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it myself. It's too spooky. Well, it's, I just, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the goal of understanding brain function. Yeah, and like, I think there, but for the grace of God, go a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're comedy writers, not serial killers. Because just like <laughs> something happens along that. There's like a turn left instead of right situation, and I think uh, all of all comedians' lives, sure, where they end up going into comedy or serial killing, yeah. okay. which I think is why most people both find in, it both insane. both could involve clown makeup. Absolutely, Kumail Nanjiani also is obsessed with serial. Oh, killers. interesting. Yeah, he and uh, I discussed them a lot. I got to be honest. Every person I've killed, there's been a big <laughs> time in between. It yeah. would be hard to say that they were a series. <laughs> yeah, just you know when the when the when it strikes you. Right. Sure. Well, they could be like a Sherlock, you know, three Op- at a time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop down for a while. Sure. And when the opportunity arises or whatever, but it's not like a, it's not a number one, it's not a pattern. Number two, I don't have any followers. So you're into seri- you're into killing like right. like James Franco is into like performance art. Right. Just like when Oh, but less frequent. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Much less frequent. Yeah, I'm no Maria Abramovich. <laughs> I'm not the Maria Abramovich of serial of of murders. So what's your reaction when you see the John Lennon I'm not commissioned by yeah. major art museums to commit murder? <laughs> oh, there's Marina? A, there's Maria. a script in that. There's oh, a script boy. in that. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought it was I was thought it was cool. I generally like uh, I like haunted houses, spooky stuff. I yeah. also went to uh Universal Halloween Horror Nights this year. Of course. I saw the last performance of the Racist Bill and Ted show. Was it a big closing did night you? bash? Yeah, well, they canceled it because it was too racist. Did you save the program? I, I, did, I know I did it. In this performance, the role of Bill will be played by... Have they been running that continuously for the last 20 years? It changes every year. I should say uh, Universal Studios does a, does a, does a haunted house thing uh, in, at Halloween. It's very cool. Uh, but they have a Bill and Ted Spectacular. It's weird because it's run by Universal and they have to like do things that they own. So like the Bill and Ted show, which... Probably couldn't be more irrelevant at this point, but they just still do. And it's kind of like a send-up of all the pop culture of the year. And they just, you know, and it's kind of, um, they do that thing where it's like someone comes on stage and everybody yells, Miley Cyrus! And then they do a little Miley Cyrus sketch. Oh, good uh, lord. Got, got a little racist this year. 
Yeah, I read. I read uh, a there, lot about there that. There was a Kim Jong Il. There was a gay Superman who everyone beat up, <laughs> which was not a lot of for fun for being Superman. For, uh, for being, yeah, right. They just don't like Kryptonians. <laughs> They're fine that he's gay. <laughs> Go back to the bottle city of Candor. <laughs> they yelled. So, what did you? Did, were you? Were you? Did you enjoy the program? Uh, I did not. I kind of thought, you know, it's usually something uh, that's kind of like goofy, you know, like, ah, yeah. ha, ha, isn't yeah. this bad? But uh, it was not fun. I was uncomfortable. So oh, are really? there real Bill and Ted in it? Keanu Reeves and... Uh, Alex Winter, yes. Keanu Reeves, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually, having met Alex, I would say it would be the other way around. Oh, you think you think, <laughs> you feel like you think Keanu Reeves is more invested in Bill and, and Ted? Would be like, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Man, I read an uh, amazing New York Times ma- uh, New York Times. Maybe it was a magazine, or maybe it was just in the art section. I looked at it on the website profile of Keanu Reeves because he directed a martial arts movie that just came out. I guess yes, yes. Um, and I mean, it was just amazing overall. It was just really amazing to see the New York Times try and write a piece about Keanu Reeves in the style of the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they knew that they had to allude to the fact that no one knows whether he's good or bad at acting. Right. (laughs) But they couldn't get too far into it, because that's not their deal. Sure. That's not what the New York Times is all about. Vulture. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the person went into it and came out of it still, and I'm inferring this because they can't say it, Mm-hmm. Uh, still baffled as to whether Keanu Reeves is a smart man or a, a, some kind of slobbering idiot. <laughs> it's the great mystery of our time. Yeah, it was great. He's an outlier. Get Gladwell on. <laughs> uh, so did the Haunted Hayride. Haunted Hayride, very fun. On the way back, we passed something uh, that's called the Ghost Train that I had never heard of before. Do you guys know this little railroad museum that they have in Griffith very Park? Very familiar with Oh, you... <laughs> Do I have a two-year-old? Yeah. Ask me that yeah, question. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, so what they do in Halloween is they set up uh, they set, they set up a ghost train. And it, there's this little train you can ride around the railroad museum. And yeah. it's like a foot off the ground and you squat on it. And you're, there's no rails, but it's... Hold on. Okay. Jesse? The conductor squats on it. Okay. Everybody else sits in a little chair. Okay. It is you called... You wouldn't call it a squat? It's a low chair, but you're not you're not straddling it. It's, okay. a, it's travel town. Correct? I was straddling. We're talking I was about straddling a yeah. beam. Oh, were you? I was straddling a beam. Were you constructing one of the great skyscrapers? <laughs> I was. Yes, I had my lunch pail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so this is not something where this is like this is like for kids. This is like an early. This is like to introduce kids to the idea of a haunted event. Being terrified. Being for terrified. Fun. Yeah. So you just drive past these little scenes, and these are not professionally done. But they are enthusiastically done with things you can get at Spencer's gifts. Like it's like somebody fucking went to Spencer's, blew their wad. Like it's so like, it was Ramones themed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot lots of, of lots of dice that tell you sex positions. Yeah, and blacklight posters that tell you how to mix drinks. Of course, yes. Yeah. And then you scream at them. Uh, but so yeah, so this is just like all the stuff from the Halloween store, and it's and uh, you know there's like a haunted nursery. Weirdly, the blocks in the nursery spelled out cream. What? Don't know why. There's a haunted ner- – this is not – is this generally something uh, – is this something you would take kids to? There were a lot of kids there, yes. Wow. Jordan, it stands for cash rules everything around me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, is that – is Travel Town not where Walt Disney was with his daughters where he decided that he needed to build a better park? 
Oh, I, I don't know. That is, Maybe I believe so. that is the case. I mean, I would because Travel Town's kind of shitty. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> to you, I'm a railroad enthusiast. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for them to get an SD90. Oh boy, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> is that a, true? It's a hell of a diesel. Is train. that real? I would love them to get an SD90 or 60. I take. I'd settle for a 60. I smaller. think smaller. I used some. I look. I don't think Travel Town is shitty. I think Travel Town no, is Travel quite Town's nice. Delightful. There's some real nice trains you can go there. It's great. The other day I was there. I saw uh, Pat Oswalt. There you go. Hey, hey, Pat Oswalt. He's not on display at Travel no, no. Town. He just had his child with <laughs> him. He's steam powered though, right? I'll tell you what. I was in Sa- I was in uh, Sacramento, the capital of this great state, and uh, I was at the. There's a train museum there as well. And uh, when I told the guy that I was from Los Angeles, he got real excited. Mm. You want to talk Travel, travel Town? town. <laughs> yeah. It's well known. Uh, so, so, so we're going through this thing, and there's it, this ghost train is not well attended. So I'm I'm on the front of this thing. There's a couple of empty beams. <laughs> I just I just love the phrase ghost train is not well attended. <laughs> there's a couple of empty beams and then there's some people on the back. There's a couple of empty beams, a couple of children, then a couple of other child molesters. <laughs> right, yeah. And I I'm like, back off, fellas. <laughs> They're mine. Batman's mine. <laughs> <laughs> There was also a little Deadpool I thought was very cute. Oh, I'm adorable. sure the kid was too young to know who Deadpool was. Was but... it Jerry Duggan's kid? It might have been Jerry Duggan's <laughs> could have been. Could have been. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. <laughs> Jerry Duggan writes comic books with Brian Posey, and they write, they Deadpool. write Deadpool. Yeah. Um, so so we get to this part, and so you know, nothing jumps out at you at this. Mm-hmm. This is just something where you drive by a spooky scene. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's like a fog machine, and it just looks like it was set up by you know, the neighborhood horror dad. Uh, sometimes, like the scenes even conflict. Like sometimes there was like a clown in the pirate area. So he's like, "All right, the cranks of Halloween." Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> when you do this, are you going with friends? Are you sober? Are you on a date? What's going on? Because right now I'm just picturing you going solo? on a tour <laughs> solo of Los Angeles Halloween themed attractions. Yeah. Just checking them off the list. Mm-hmm. Did that racist Bill and Ted? Did that? <laughs> it's uh, just Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. You're uh, like, I got to get out there. Uh, friends and sober. I think gotcha. I, I, uh, I'm actually a little susceptible to being afraid. So I'm, I'm afraid to go to one of these fucked up in any way because I yeah. think it would upset me. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm on, th- so I'm on this train, and you get to, a, to to like a railroad crossing part that's mm. just there, that's just in the in the regular train. It's not yep. set up for Halloween, and there's a car waiting for it, and it flashes its lights and it blows its horn, and that's clearly a thing they set up for Halloween. Something basically exactly like that happens in the haunted hayride. So I'm like, oh, they just do their version of that. Like one of the tractors looks like it's about to hit you yeah. and you scream. So this car turns on its lights, blows its horn. And then I'm like, oh, that's funny. They did their own version of that. And then whoever is driving this car guns it and hits the train. (laughs) He hit one of the empty cars, but everyone behind us fell off. And then the train stops. And I'm like, what the – was that supposed to happen? Like, I'm like, is did they plan that? Did this, like, rinky-dink fucking dad Halloween thing plan an auto accident? That's... Grand uncle Halloween thing. <laughs> and then so they lead every – everyone gets off the train. They help everybody up who had been knocked down. Thank God it didn't hit an area with people. Sure. And we walk by the car and there's just this confused old man driving the car who was probably just a volunteer at Train Town. And oh. we go back and, they, oh. and for our trouble, they give us some light-up necklaces. <laughs> and then we got back on and just wrote it again. You wrote it again? Yes. She, I, I, I spat in Death's face. 
Um, yeah. And they, people were super nonchalant about it. They're like, okay, well, that just happened. What kind of car are we talking about? Buick Skylark? <laughs> I mean, just like a excellent like yes. A Toyota, That's exactly what it should have been. Like yeah. a like a Toyota Corolla. Like the most nondescript. It wasn't like a hearse. It wasn't. It like... It wasn't a hearse. <laughs> you know the old man that drives the hearse yeah, to travel town, sure. and he rams trains because it he wasn't hates them. him. A train killed his wife, and he's looking to get revenge. So weird, and like <laughs> he just hides the, the hearse in the shadows of travel town. Yeah, while well, he... he schemes. <laughs> one of these days, I'll get the jump on one of these. Trains. When we went around a His second... plan was to do it at Christmas because it wouldn't be expected, but yeah. he just couldn't wait. When we went around a second time, that, that part didn't happen. There was not a car there that honked at you and scared you. Yeah. If there was, you would have kind of lost your mind, right? Like, yeah. They, I would have like, screamed, yeah. Like they, but I would have been just so excited and elated that they had brilliantly planned this whole scenario. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Were people hurt? No, no one was hurt. The people Did they who, have, to have, like, to have a bunch of people put the train back on the track? Yeah, some some <laughs> some technicians. Some burly guys in overalls. But, I mean, these, this thing is run by volunteers. I mean, think about the man who volunteers to work at Travel Town. That's who's working at this the, thing. Everyone oh. at Travel Town is 75 years old. Yeah, and at least. loves trains. There are sure, right. two guys are, in forty-five years. Boom! I'll be there. There are two <laughs> groups of people who would volunteer at Travel Town. Seventy-five. When you're not a, men. when you're not uh, leading tours through the Dave Matthews experience, <laughs> <laughs> I will lead all tours through that. That's amazing. <laughs> From the age of model railroading and yes. Matt Myra. Mm. <laughs> Matt I love Myra's model railroading, there. guys. N scale. That's my favorite scale. Really? Yeah. I tell like me N-scale. about the advantages of an N scale. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's smaller than a, right. than an O, or obviously a half O, or an H. You know. Uh, what about an HO? It's a that's a half O. Uh, oh. It's a half O scale. Uh, the N scale is smaller, so you can obviously get a bigger layout in a smaller space, which is handy in apartments. Hmm. I wouldn't know that. I haven't built one out here, but hmm. back in Massachusetts, I had a couple. That hmm. sounds that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, and it leaves more room mm-hmm. for you not to have a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I guess I didn't hadn't thought of that, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's it just space. hadn't come up. <laughs> you mean a girl anyway, that's a friend, Pacific right? Pacific is due to leave, <laughs> due to pull out of the station. That's, uh, Puts on engineer's hat. Sure. Throws switch. Pulls there out is, uh, dick. Previously, I, previously, I instructed your listeners to uh, look up the Chinese food video. Uh, forget that and look up excited train guy. Okay. Uh, it is a gentleman out in uh, New York who gets so excited by two trains that he sees uh, that it it brings me joy mm-hmm. and makes me double over with laughter. What does a train guy want to see? Uh, Just he a wants type to see, of engine? There was, yeah, two types of engines that he hadn't seen in a while. Uh, and uh, he goes, the, my favorite line in the, in, in the video is, uh, uh, he goes, I have the chills and it has nothing to do with the weather. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's, like a good guy. It's excellent. And uh nothing and he says nothing can stop a foamer. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So that's what that's what train enthusiasts are called, foamers. Mm. Uh because they foam at the mouth. Exactly. When engineers they see a great engineers train. call them foamers. Oh. I'm just trying to teach. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Matt Myra, train enthusiast. Not just, I mean, this man, what does he love? We're talking about cooking. Serial yeah, killers. A, serial killers. Love serial killers. Um, trains. The Dave Matthews Band. The Dave, I didn't know about the Dave Matthews DMB. Band. Yeah. 
Sure. DMB, especially their drummer, Carter Beaufort. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell of a drummer. So that's what I hear. Is Dave Matthews Band still the original lineup? Uh, it is not the original lineup because of the passing of their saxophonist, Leroy Moore. Oh, dear. In 2008. I'm sorry I brought it I up. was at the show mm-hmm. that Where uh, he died? Happened, well, the <laughs> night he died. He died in Los Angeles. The night he died, they went on, and they did all oh, of his wow. favorite songs. Oh, jeez. And it was a hell of a show at the Stable Center. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So but apart from that. Ironically, the guy that replaced him named Jeff Coffin. Jeff Coffin hmm. replaced him. Excellent oh. saxophone player in his own right. And then they added a uh, trumpet. I would imagine so that yeah. the Dave didn't, Matthews yeah, didn't band. need it. Nope. <laughs> you, so you, you, you categorize Dave Matthews' input as PT and PT, pre-trumpet and post-trumpet. <laughs> yes. It's hard. Yes. Uh, excellent trumpet player, Rashawn Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, great at arranging music. He helps with a lot of that. But uh, as far as I am concerned, I feel like it's a, it's a little excessive. Okay. You feel like they're showboating. Far be it from Dave Matthews to showboat. You should never have too big of a brass section. Okay. You got it? Got a trombone. <laughs> I play trombone in uh, middle school. Jeez. I'd like to you're see... A, you're a, I, I learn something new every time I talk to you. That's true. Yeah. Most people do. You know yeah. what I would like to see instead of the trumpet? Uh-huh. I would like to see the Dave Matthews band with a full... Lineup of saxophones. Oh, mm. you know, get a soprano saxophone. Sure. Oh, yeah. Of Go course. soprano, alto, tenor, tenor baritone, baritone. Maybe Dave, Dave Cos could sit in. Yeah, absolutely. Just a full, and they can that way they could harmonize. Well, if you go on, uh, if you go on YouTube again, uh, you can check out their performance from the Grammys in 2011, I believe. Mm-hmm. They did "You and Me," which uh, was their single at the time. Oh, I lo- love with, that song. With a, uh, I know you're lying. Uh, with a, <laughs> I literally uh, cannot name one. Dave Matthews Band song. I really don't know a Dave Matthews Band song. Nor nor should you. It's fine. Like it's not. <laughs> I know that they went on tour with the Roots one time. They sure did. Yeah, that, I that saw them on tour. That was 1999. Okay, there you it's go. A good tour. Saw them at Foxborough Stadium. Mm-hmm. I could get the date, but I don't want to weird you guys out more. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> Please don't. The date. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, what scale were they playing in? <laughs> Is that an H-O? That was, a, that was an O scale. They were larger than life. Do you get, like, bootlegs and stuff? No. I mean, I did a little bit uh, in the early days, and then they have started uh, this thing where they now will release them professionally off of their board. Okay. And they're called Live Tracks. Hmm. T-R-A-X, after the club they used to play in Virginia in the early 90s. Hey. That's fun. Yeah. Just for me. That's kind of that's kind of uh, par for the course for your kind of jammy, hippie bands these days, right? Yeah. Like Fish, Fish, Fish Dad. And, okay. Fish did it first, and they also released a book oh. that you could put everything in. Okay. Yeah. Are there versions of the songs like transformational, or are they, is it just like, oh, well, this one's got a pretty sweet solo in it? Yeah. I mean, there are some that's like. Because they're pretty straightforward songs, right? I mean, it's just there like, are, yeah. it's like nice pop rock songs. Is yeah. What they do, right? But they do also uh, excessive jams uh, yeah. sometimes. Uh, uh, but there are versions of that, that fans of the band. Uh, look for I think like fish. There's yeah. the album version, which yeah, is a nice pop album song. Version, of and then they they and then they juice you, it live. If you thought this song should have been 37 minutes, <laughs> have we got a show for you? Sure. Uh, yeah, but there's like the 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 big famous one is is two step in the rain. It's what it's called. Is but it's a song called two step, and it was uh, raining at Giant Stadium, and then supposedly the rain stopped at the perfect moment in the song, and it's like a 22 minute thing, and Sure. Kids love that. I would enjoy watching that if <laughs> Two Step in the Rain 
was actually a version of R. Kelly stepping into heaven. <laughs> because that's my fucking And then at the, at the exact right moment, R. Kelly ascended into heaven. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> to Happy be with, people. To be with Happy the Lord. Happy people by R. Kelly. I mean, it's, inevit- it's inevitable, right? He'll yeah. ascend into heaven. I think he'll stage. be the first one raptured. <laughs> Happy people the... by R. Kelly is one of my favorite songs. It was on the birth playlist. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like eight or ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. And literally the last three or four minutes is just the song playing while he just credits. He basically reads the album credits <laughs> over and he's like, and our night engineer is That's great. so-and-so. And then in the studio, you hear everyone applauding that person. Wow. Do you think when he does it live, he lists even more people? Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> I think he's listing the security personnel. Yeah. Well, did you see that they uh, recently in Louisiana, uh, some concert goers wanted their money back because they're certain that it was an R. Kelly impersonator. Oh, no. Instead of You know what? Apparently what happened, I, I saw some follow-up on this. Okay, please. Great news. I saw some follow-up on this. Um, well, I have not heard the base story. So, I mean, was that it? Some people Essentially, in yes. Uh, he uh, waited a long time for him to go on. When he finally did go on, the people uh, in attendance were pretty sure that they had been duped and it was an impersonator. Wow. So here's the deal. Wow. There is this thing in clubs, in the urban club scene. Jordan, I don't, I don't want to get into a whole... Halloween Horror Nights type explanation. I would just like to say that we would be hard-pressed to uh, find three whiter people in Los Angeles. <laughs> in the urban club scene, there is a thing that is... Lindsay, get in here so there can be one more <laughs> super white person. There are two amazing things. One of them is invited guest. Mm-hmm. And that is where you, where there is a flyer for a club night with a picture of a celebrity on it. And it says underneath them, invited guest. And that means that they have invited that person to come. But they have not heard one way or the other. Yes. Okay. Well, presumably they've well they have not invited them to such an extent that they will get the no that they would expect to get. <laughs> so that's number Who's one. Who's an example? Who would be an invited guest? Meta World Peace. Okay. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Basketball star Meta World mm-hmm. Peace might be uh, an invited guest. I think that would be a good example. But you know, I mean, any any of your urban the hosts of 106 and Park. Okay. Free. From 106 in Park. Hmm. I know that she's no longer hosts the program, but uh, my 106 in Park uh, information is now dated. (laughs) I haven't had cable in a long time. So that's the first level. The other level is appearance by. Now, appearance by just means that they promise to show. It doesn't mean that they're going to do anything. So this was an appearance by, but apparently the promoter kind of left it in a gray area and sort of implied that while it was billed as appearance by, he would probably do some singing. Okay. But R. Kelly didn't know about this. All he right. wasn't on board for this. And you know, Kells, he doesn't fly. Right. He only takes his tour bus. He's Ironically, got a super luxury. he believes he can. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so Kells, Kells shows up at this club where he's been paid whatever, $50,000 to show. And that's it. Just to go out on stage and wave to the people. I didn't know he doesn't fly. Is he in the VIP. Yeah, he does not does not fly. Superstitious? Is he afraid of it? What's afraid the, of it. Okay. He's the Tony Kornheiser of yeah. rap. <laughs> the John Madden. Sure. Another afraid to, famously afraid to fly person. So, uh, I mean, he has flown. I mean, he's done sure. European tours and stuff. But uh, You would prefer not to. Prefer well, I mean, to. you could just get over there with the Queen Mary. So, yeah. <laughs> right. He's, just he hop on, on a steamer. Hop on a steamer, yeah. <laughs> So Kells, uh, Kells shows up, mm-hmm. and apparently what happened is he didn't want to perform. The audience thought, sort of thought he was going to perform. 
It was a huge club, 3,000 people there. They thought he was going to perform. So they're close to riot. So far, everyone in this story is reasonable. Yeah. The uh, R. Kelly is there. He's like, well, if I was going to do a show, you'd be paying me a lot more money. You just pay me to just show up. That's why I got 50000 not 100000 mm-hmm. And the promoter is like, I got my money. Fuck all y'all. So that's basically where it settled. And what happened is there was, you know, there's cops there. Because um, when you do a sh- anything, you have to have some cops there. And in fact, one of the cops is who confirmed that it was actually R. Kelly there. And why do we know so much about this? I read he a got a He article. got a saliva sample. So he's... He said that basically what happened is he told R. Kelly, if you don't go out there, there might be a riot. So R. Kelly went out there, sort of acapella a couple songs, uh-huh. you know, played for 10 or 15 minutes on a keyboard or something, right. and just went back in and said, just so you know, I did what I was got paid for, what I, I agreed, had agreed to do. Great. That's the R. Kelly story. Okay. I love it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. <laughs> Happy people, baby. If you want okay. 15 minutes, you're only getting one song. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that for all of those folks out there who got to see R. Kelly perform, even if only briefly, mm-hmm. it was truly a momentous occasion in their lives. <laughs> Which brings us to the momentous <laughs> occasion segment here on Jordan, Jesse, Go. When something momentous happens to you, we ask that you call us at 206-984-4FUN so that you can share it with our worldwide audience. Let's take our first call. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. This is Ed. I'm calling from the Indianapolis Zoo with a momentous occasion. Uh, my daughter and I just witnessed a perfectly normal-looking middle-aged woman and her two 10- to 12-year-old daughters, uh, aged daughters stick their head into the flamingo pen so that they could, quote, eat bugs out of their hair. Uh, the flamingos really did a number on them. And as they walked away, they... Uh, that was my daughter. Sorry. <laughs> And as they walked away, they had mud running down their faces, and were perfectly happy about it. Okay, that's all. Love the show. Thanks. Yeah, this is great. Is that a known? What? Is that a known situation? Like, uh, it seems like that is like like a pussy version of snake handling. Hang on a second. I just need like to be the clear. Lord will protect me from these flamingos. Is it like a? Is it like are are flamingos known to like? Eat lice out of hair? I, is that what he was describing? Nothing yes. is known about fami- flamingos. <laughs> yeah, flamingos are a mystery to medical science. <laughs> Some might say they're a, they're a, they're a fairy tale invented to scare children. Oh, uh, and decorate lawns. Right? Yeah, sure. Um, wow. Yeah, it, that that it seems like this seems like a uh, like a deep south practice to me. It seems like something that's. Like has a superstition attached to it. Also, just the time one would have to spend with a flamenco to get this knowledge. No, it's a flamingo. flamingo. Not Sorry, a flamenco. not a flamenco dancer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like I mean, a flamenco dancer will eat bugs out of your hair. Uh, listen back to the call. I believe he said no. That's right. Flamenco habitat. It's part of what makes the dance so erotic. Is that it includes a grooming section. And now for the grooming. Yeah. I'm playing finger symbols. By the way, ah, good. That's great. It wouldn't be simple. It'd be castanets. Castanets. There you go. That's what I meant to say. We know words. I'm not talking about some kind of gypsy dance. (laughs) Um, First of all, I am not familiar that well with the momentous occasion segment. Mm -hmm. Is this the typical kind of occasion one will call with? Would you you not describe that as momentous if you saw a woman (laughs) and her children stick their head into a flamingo cage and get fucked up by some flamingos? I don't know. 
I can't. Let's I, take another call. But we okay. also live in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, guys. This is Emily from D.C., and I am less than a half mile from finishing my very first marathon. I went full short, and uh, you guys are there helping me on my long, boring runs for training. So thank you. Love the show. That's what I'm Congratulations. Sure. Good. First of all, Good. congratulations. This is a woman whose priorities are in the right place, mm-hmm. calling us. Not to marathon. I'm on record. I'm opposed to marathon. Sure. I think they're in defiance of God, God's will. <laughs> and I'm an atheist, but I still think that running a marathon is too far to run. <laughs> well, after Half marathon you've, after is the you've, absolute limit. After you've, after you've committed the sinful act of running a marathon, you yeah. cleanse yourself by going into the flamingo cage. Yeah, that's true. So probably that woman and her children had just I run a marathon. I would also just like to stay for the record, you should, she should have been more out of breath. I was surprised at how yeah. not out of breath she was and worried that she took a shortcut. Yeah, I've... I've <laughs> I think maybe she just rode on a scooter for a little while. I've gone up steps and been more winded. And I say steps because I'm only meaning three steps to a doorway. She just had a razor scooter hidden in her sports bra. Sure. You can fold those things up. Yeah, they fold up. They if, fold you're a busty, right up. if you're a bustier good woman. Good for you on that, uh, yeah. on that marathon. I put, okay, good for you on being so busty, too. Sure. Yeah. Oh, double good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. It is a really remarkable achievement. It's nice to be. Yeah. It's nice to be included in that. Um, our apologies, of course, to the Lord above mm, sure. uh, for defying him or her. Yeah. In that way, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was worth it in this in this instance. Sure. It's really the point too that gets to me. Yeah. And it's a good use of full short too. Mm-hmm. Do you think you shit your pants at a marathon? Right. Like, it depends. It happens. It depends how competitive you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but your major marathon. I'm runners, guessing if she's a listener of ours, very competitive. Either poop their pants, or they will often just poop at the edge of the road. Okay. My wife was telling me about this because one is she she's a runner, and uh, one of her favorite runners is this woman who's a very famous marathon runner whose name I don't remember. She's the most famous marathon mm-hmm. runner. She's famous for just one time she just dropped trout at the side of the road, pooped, and then kept running. Hmm. Good for her. Did I know, you, isn't that badass? Did you did you read the That's story? amazing. That is that is Did you read the story about the woman in uh, running the marathon in Toronto or Vancouver who was on she was had intended to run a half marathon as a build up <laughs> to the Boston Marathon. She wanted to eventually qualify and run in the Boston Marathon next year. So she uh she ran and at some point uh, took a wrong turn and ended up on the entire lengthway path. She uh, spoke to someone and was like, hey, uh, is, uh, where's the finish line? Uh, how far away from the finish line are we? And he's like, he's like you're like 17 miles into this full marathon. And she's like, oh, my God. And then she was like, well, she had never run a marathon before, a full marathon. And she uh, checked with them and the race officials. And she said, if I finish this marathon, does my time count? And uh, they're like, uh, yes, yeah, it will count. So just keep going. So she went and she won. Wow. She won the marathon for the female uh, side and automatically qualified for Boston. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Where did she And that woman was Carter Beaufort (laughs) of the Dave Matthews. Oh, that man can play a floor tom like nobody's business. (laughs) You get that that tom up off the floor and it is. He doesn't know what to do with it. He (laughs) does not know. My question about the shitting was going to be, I wonder what we were talking about when she was shitting. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shitting. I also uh, bravo for being able to listen to a podcast while yeah. doing any physical activity whatsoever. I can't do it. Well, people mainly use this podcast for white noise. 
I mean, we like to talk. It's just fun for us. And we're a lot also of people three can't... very white people. A lot of people <laughs> making noise <laughs> and talking about the Dennis Quaid movie, White Noise. A lot of people can't orgasm without white noise in the background. Mm-hmm. So our show really helps them with that. I'm going to yeah. finally turn off my air conditioner, guys, and put you on. <laughs> Let's take our next call. Hey, JJ Go. It's Todd Waston Time calling you from my present, your past. Uh, it's time travel confusing. Uh, but I just witnessed the beginning of a police chase near D.C. A uh, guy was actually stopped at a light for a second, and then a, and a cop car was chasing him, yelling, pull over or stop the car. And then he drove on to the D.C. Beltway. Uh, and I've since seen two waves of additional cop cars uh, joining them. It's very strange that he was actually stopped at a stoplight for a second, but... I saw that happen, and it's currently unfolding somewhere. Do you think he witnessed the woman who was killed at the uh, end of the National Drive there? When yeah, that's what he saw. <laughs> that's what he. That's what he's describing. Sure. Here. Well, I mean, it started as a routine stop, and she just kept going onto the Beltway. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Well, Is I mean, there a follow-up call from this gentleman? We always say, Jordan, Jesse, go. Where you tune for breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. Three and a half weeks late. <laughs> All I right. think a, I think a car, a car race. What's that called? It's car a car race. race. Yeah. No, no. It's a, it's car a race. race. It's a kind of race. Sure. A police race. Mm-hmm. There are no winners. A police race is particularly amazing because it all hangs on just this one bad decision that the person made at the beginning. Like, at the beginning, the person is like, there's no way. I have 17 traffic tickets. Like, I am, they're going to they're gonna impound my car. I'm just going to floor it and see what happens. <laughs> and then once they floor it, then they're like, oh, shit, they're going to chase me. And then it's like, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, then for however long it takes, what are you going to do? You can't pull over then. I like that you're supposing that most car chases are from people who fear their vehicle being impounded. <laughs> yeah, though that's that's one of the worst crimes that's one of the worst criminal punishments available the, uh, to our justice system. The car chase is, is I feel like a very unique part of Los Angeles culture in as far as there are so many and they're very often live on the news. Like they will break into whatever is happening on their regular <laughs> schedule programming and uh, it's just a, a joy for me. I love a good car chase. We used to at the uh, at Attack of the Show at the offices we, whenever there was a car chase, we would stop everything, <laughs> even though we had a live show that night, and uh, we would just watch the car chase. One time, one bled over into our taping, and we checked with legal and everything, and we were okay to just turn on the news feed. So we, <laughs> for about 10 minutes, it was us on TV watching a car chase. Wow. I love car chases. And you had to just put the hot cosplay segment on the back burner. Yeah, uh, whatever porn convention we had sent Grace Helbig to that day, uh, that had to stop. <laughs> We've got one more call. Let's hear it. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. I have a momentous occasion. I was at the public theater in New York City downtown in the lobby trying to get a free lottery ticket for the Sting concert that was going on last week. And I felt something on my neck. I brushed it away, and I felt pain on my finger. I pulled it back, and... There was a a finger sticking out of my finger. I got stung by a bee indoors. But more important than that, I got stung at Sting. Yes. P.S. did not win the lottery, but (laughs) went back the next night and did, and the concert was awesome. Thanks a lot. 
great podcast, and best of luck to Teresa for an easy labor. Bye-bye. See, this is a classy lady. Number one, she's at the public theater. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a Sting fan, which I think we can agree are some of the classiest music fans. Yeah, I assumed right at the top when I heard she was at the public theater, Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I assumed she was there to see Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk. (laughs) I don't know if that's still running there. (laughs) I hope not. Um... But Sting is Sting's a pretty solid thing to be going to see. Sure. Yeah, but which Sting are we seeing? Are we seeing the Fender Jazz Bass Sting or the (laughs) guy that discovered the loot? (laughs) Yeah, what's Sting up to these days? That's what we need to know. I'd like to see a nice loot sting. (laughs) You don't. You know what if what if loot sting did a tour with ukulele Eddie Vedder? Oh fuck! You know, uh, I'm sorry for the language. You know, Lutsting <laughs> is actually a really popular dish in Minnesota. <laughs> it's for the warmth, you know. Yeah. It's a warm dish, sure. Lutsting. Uh, it's a fermented cod. <laughs> it's a fermented cod. It's a this is originally a kimchi type dish, but yeah. uh, it is Lutsting. Do you think there's people out there who prefer? Okay, I guess here's my question: Did did are there people who just love Sting so much that they're going with Loot Sting, or are there people who prefer Loot Sting? Who are like, you know, I didn't care for the police, but you know what? I love this. I oh, love this. Oh, there's definitely people like that. I think Loot Sting, you know, in some of the Loot Sting, I mean, at least adult <laughs> contemporary Sting sure. was a more popular artist than the police, as popular as the police were, right? Like at the peak of adult contemporary Sting? Well, adult, he was like adult contemporary sting, I guess, though, I was guess, not loot sting. Yeah, this is a third sting. Okay. Loot sting is now in the twilight of his, uh, his let's, career. Let's just, say, let's just say you're a sad, lonely loot enthusiast. <laughs> and you're tired of going to early music concerts being held <laughs> in churches and attended by less people than are in the ensemble performing. <laughs> if somebody famous takes up the loot, there are two things you can do. You either hate it or you love it. And I'd say 75% hate it and 25% love that just loots are out there. And those people don't know shit about the police. Oh, my God. Those people only know about madrigals. They're just excited (laughs) to see something musical outside of a Ren Fair. Yeah. (laughs) These people are happy to see anything loot. Look, if you have a momentous occasion, you can email it to us at jjgo at maximumfun.org or give us a call at 206-984-4FUN. You know who called us? Hmm. Uh, My dad's... Navy roommate. Oh. No idea how he got this number. Don't think he was a Jordan Jesse Go listener. <laughs> uh, just wanted to get in touch with my dad. But he did start the call, well, hey there, Jesse, which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Great. Was he an old prospector, too? Yeah, he was. <laughs> they were back at the time. You'll never believe what's happening in Dimbar Hills. <laughs> the Navy was doing inland work <laughs> in the Alaskan, Alaskan Klondike. There's some change for a 49er. Yeah. So we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hey, folks, this is Kevin Allison of the Max Fun Podcast Risk, where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. If you've never heard Risk, why not start with our 150th episode? It's an all star lineup of jaw dropping true stories from Aisha Tyler. Um, this being the 90s. I was drinking malt liquor. Don't fuck you and your racist ass. We're all racist. We're laughing. Tom Lennon. Whenever I walk into a place that's called Mr. Binkies, I'm expecting Armenian Bumblebee to be like, I got jack-off pills for you. Yeah! 
Jay Moore. Me, public school in New Jersey. I didn't need to know anything because everybody knew you got pregnant by peeing in each other's butts. That's how we knew. Andy Dick. We've had a monogamous relationship for five years. I barely cheated on her. <laughs> and The Daily Show's Jessica Williams. Oh, my God. I have, like, this need to be responsible for some reason that doesn't really benefit me. So, like, <laughs> Jessica, clean it up. Look for Risk on iTunes or, of course, at MaximumFun.org. Risk! It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Matt Myra, Dave Matthews Band aficionado. You know, Matt Myra was eyeballing my watch in the break. He's mm-hmm. also a uh, horology enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I like watches quite a bit. And he loves prostitutes. Horology enthusiast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I assumed I was a horology enthusiast until I found out it meant watches. <laughs> I I met some really uh, nice folks at the Bullseye Live Show mm-hmm. um, in uh, Pasadena, and I got a really sweet gift from a young woman named Fu. Uh, she and her boyfriend were there, and they were both telling me about how important the show was to them, and they had been in a long-distance relationship, and long, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they like us a lot. And uh, she made something really special, which she gave to me, but I think is more appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope you'll like it. It's uh, an embroidery of two hot wings. Oh, this is <laughs> lovely. And I know, George, really I mean, nice. the truth is, I, I like wings a lot. Wow. But you're a true lover of wings. Sure. I mean, you're, that's. I kiss them. Yes. I love to kiss them that is, before I eat them. That, that is, is nice. Beautiful. This that is, is very excellent nice. quality. She is exceptionally good. This is re- yeah, the hot wings, I mean, there's a lot of detail. You can yeah. see texture. Yeah. This is great. It's there's, a really remarkable shading. thing. Yeah. So I wanted to thank Fu, and I thought, I would sh- I thought I'd share that with you. Since this is terrific. You're, you're the president of the Hot Wings Appreciationist Society. Sure, yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, maybe for the next embroidery, add a little cup of blue cheese. <laughs> no. So that's, I'm not so telling that's you how to negative space is. Oh. That's what you're she remember. sells blue, blue cheese. cheese patterns. I, I mean, wish. This is, oh, okay. She gets you in okay. by giving you the, and then she sure. sells you the patterns. This is really I, lovely. I wish I could eat wings. I got, in second grade, I had some chicken that was on the bone, and I got violently ill from that. And, and since then, I've sworn off chicken oh, no. still attached to the bone. Hmm. So I feel like I'm missing out on the whole wing oh. phenomenon. I mean, they're great. I mean, I, and as I, I had, a, I had a, a, a drinking buddy for a while who... Uh, had a, also had a problem with chicken on the bone. Yeah. So when we were out, we would always get boneless wings, and I would always be silently disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. I think what that are boneless ch- wings made out uh, of? There's just like a chicken nugget that someone dips in uh, buffalo sauce. And, you Nothing know, about that sounds bad. It's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not the same. All right. Maybe there's a primal feeling that I like rending the flesh off the bone. <laughs> yeah, that's more exciting because you're counting them up. Sure. <laughs> now, what's really fun about wings is the pile of bones. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you have a, yeah, and you're like, great. yeah, I just ate 25 pieces of meat. <laughs> That's kind of my favorite thing about eating a whole lobster. Oh, yeah. yeah you see its the, exoskeleton. The remnants of yeah. it. Just all over everywhere. I am at the top of the food chain. Well, look, we've had a great time with our friend Matt Myra. It was nice to, nice to have you on the program, Matt. Thank, Thank you for, for joining me, us. Guys. You can, of course, catch Matt on the uh, internet radio program. Um, what's that other word that you used for it? Uh, podcast. 
I don't know. I'm going to call it an internet radio sure, program. Sure. It's easier for me to understand. Yeah, podcast is kind of it's kind of confusing. Uh, the nerdies. <laughs> <laughs> or as autocorrect calls it, the nerdiest. <laughs> um, you also, uh, you've, got a, you've got a new project, something James Bond related? Oh, yes. Matt Gorley and I. Matt Gorley of the oh. Super Ego radio program, past, internet radio program. Past editor of uh, Judge John Hodgman here at the MaximumFun.org network. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he and I do a podcast over on the Nerdist Network called James Bonding with Matt and Matt. Uh, he and I are huge James Bond fans. Mm-hmm. And we decided to express that in the only way we know how, a podcast. <laughs> uh, so each, each episode we watch, we, uh, previous, the night before we watch a movie uh, in order. Well, not really in order, but sort of in order. Uh, and, then, and then we discuss it with a guest. What are we talking about? The cocktail cuffs? Uh, Is that what you're addressing on the We'll program? bring that up. We'll bring up the French cuff. We'll bring up... Uh, I said a cocktail cuff, not I'm a sorry, French cuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what is you know. this? The 70s? <laughs> well, actually, yes. We're when James Bond movies were made? We're currently in the Roger Moore decade. Um, Roger Moore may have worn French cuffs. Yeah. Uh, okay on that one. But it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a really fun podcast, uh, and you guys are welcome to come on. We have plenty of movies left. If sure. you have a favorite James Bond movie that we maybe haven't done yet, there's a huge chunk in the middle. Let me know when you get to Brosnan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like terrible movies. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. You're our guest. Great. Done. I uh, I have a family friend who was a finalist, who, who was up for James Bond, was a finalist for James Bond in the 80s, like against, I don't know, maybe George Lazenby. I don't know the chronology of the Bonds. It would have been against uh, Timothy Dalton. Okay. And this would be the era in which Sam Neill also was very close to getting the part. Like the <gasps> mid, mid-80s, is that right? Yeah. Mid-80s. He was on General Hospital at the time. <laughs> And, John uh, Stamos. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Stamos. <laughs> oh, if only Stamos got Bond. I, uh, it was the. It was the. Pe- I would have problems because I can't watch an entire movie with an erection. Yeah. <laughs> almost, you have to watch it in fits and starts. Almost getting Bond was the peak of his career. Um, he later quit acting to become a realtor in Santa Barbara, um, wow. and uh, showed up to my wedding with a guest he had not RSVP'd, just super blazed. And he handed us a secondhand uh, copy of Shakespeare's sonnets as our gift. That just was <laughs> officially the most depressing thing. You I've know, ever all you heard. had to say was "realtor" in Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah. The rest is just implied. But a decent, a decent man, a decent man, talented guy. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, thanks to Lindsay on the boards this week. Of course, our producer Sonny D. Uh, go t- go review this shit in iTunes. Yeah. Give it a rating. That it helps, helps too. the show. Yeah, yeah. Rate that shit. Tell someone about it. New subscribers also helps. Yeah. Look, we're not we're not as famous as the nerdiest boys. No. <laughs> you know, we're just a couple of guys trying to get our names out there. You know what I mean? What we got our eyes on a realty career. <laughs> <laughs> gotta uh, get that eyes on the Gotta prize, get that guys. blazer. Oh man! If we get that blazer, uh, it'll be Jordan Jesse clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we sell that Spanish villa. Yeah. In San Luis Obispo. It's right between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Where else would you want to live? I know, it's yeah. a nice vacation spot. Four and a half hours from anywhere. <laughs> oh, our theme music is Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic. You're very reference. active in the FFA. <laughs> so Thanks to everybody. Oh, my God. Thanks to everybody who's been making the amazing Pokemon and anime-style yeah. Jordan Jesse Go fan art lately on Tumblr. Thank you. We issued a demand. People have come through in spades. I was just reading about which Pokemon I am. Well, I, I don't have it at hand, so I'll have to reveal it next time. But sure. someone is 
everyone seems to agree that I'm this one particular. He's sort of a snaky Pokemon. Someone was kind enough to make me. Someone suggested I. His name is Snidely, maybe <laughs> Snyder, something like that. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of Hanna Barbera Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, so someone suggested that, and I looked at this guy. I'm like, this guy isn't that good. But then someone else suggested, you well, what know, does he evolve into? That's what you got to right, ask yourself. Snide aboard a barb or whatever. Sure. And that's the double evolved, the highest evolution yeah. of Snidey. <laughs> and I was very, I was very happy. He's a fearsome, he's a fearsome snake monster. <laughs> you know, he's got a lot of battle powers. But at the end of the day, just like everybody else, he fits in a ball. You're. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't imagine that the Nerdist fans do this kind of thing. Oh, they do and then some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Slash uh, fic? You guys got any slash fic where you, there you and is. Jonah kiss? There is. Some, <gasps> there is. There is some slash fic where oh. Jonah and I get get it the fuck on. I think Chris sits in the corner and masturbates. You're lagging um, Jordan Jesse Go fans. Yeah. And the, Can uh, I ask you guys a question? Please. Just This is also a question for our audience. Mm-hmm. Which Welcome to Night Vale characters do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, why just, is that so popular? <laughs> they're, they're just very, a serious question. I don't. They're very nice. I've never guys. listened to it. No, it's a perfectly good show. Right. God bless them. I'm happy that someone's really successful. There's just some guys making a podcast. So thumbs up for me sure. as, as far as that's sure. concerned. But uh, also, uh, from what I hear of the show, the difference that separates that between uh, both our shows is, is effort. Yeah, writing production. They yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, they do try. Um, yeah, I, those, those, things, those <laughs> things seems a little try hard, you yeah. know. That's, uh, that was my. So you're telling me you're gonna know what you say before you say it? You're gonna write it down? You're gonna revise it? I, I had a telephone production. I had a telephone meeting. I had a telephone meeting with the Welcome to Night Vale guys, who are very nice, and uh, their position on how they became the most popular podcast in America is. Gee whiz, I don't know. <laughs> ah, it's adorable. Like they weren't for I like a year. I figured it out. It's because yeah. people do so many anime it. pictures of the character. Was it right. a... I don't think that so literally is. So we're on their tail. It must yeah. have been Nipping an Ira it. Glass situation, right? That must have been something. He must have done no, a story on it or something. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Just Tumblr. Girls on Tumblr. Girls on Tumblr. They are the most powerful consumers. Come on, girls on, on Tumblr. Let's yeah. do this Come for on, Jordan Jesse Go. Come on, ladies. Put yeah, down the ukuleles. Girls on Tumblr. Where's the put the, et- put the Etsy store on hold. Where's Tell the us what it would look later. like if Jordan and Jesse were cats. <laughs> yes. That's a great topic. This sure. I, <laughs> what I love it. it look like? There you go. Jordan That's your Jesse Tumblr assignment, ladies. Yeah. We'll be back next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.